All right. Let's uh, look at our scripture today. Mark 14, 32 to 36. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will but what you will. There is the word for us today. Well, uh, hello everybody uh, in here and, and all of you online with us, and I especially want to welcome those of you who might be new today. You know, you've come and maybe you're checking out what it means to, you know, to be a person of faith and to believe and belong to Jesus, and I just want you to know how glad I am that you, that you came today and that you're trusting us with this opportunity to, to explore. Um, I, I have to admit, though, that this morning when my alarm went off, I really wanted to stay in bed. Any of you feel that way? Uh, of course, my alarm went off at 520, so, you know. <laughs> anyway, but uh, we are here. We are here today anyway by the grace of God, and uh, I hope that if you, if you have an opportunity to sneak a little snooze in somewhere today, you do that. Uh, we are in the middle of an eight-Sunday series called The Prayer Course. My hope is that by the end of this series, we will all be able to pray more freely and more joyfully and more confidently. And today we'll be a part of that. Uh, one of Jesus' disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught them this prayer. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to huddle up into groups of four, give or take, and respond to this question. What's one thing you'd ask God for if you knew it would be granted? Now, that'll get you thinking. And, of course, in your huddle, you don't have to just pick one. You could each share your own, and, and they all could be different. Uh, now, as you huddle up, kind of take a quick glance around. If you see somebody who, who is alone, then just kind of invite them to come and join you. And, then, and if you're asked, it's okay to say, no, thank you. You don't have to huddle up today. But if you do huddle up, it's up to you whether you want to share something. If you want to just listen, that's totally fine, too. Now, you'll have just two minutes, so you'll need to move things right along Introduce yourselves and start sharing starting now.
All right, did you come up with some good things to pray about, some ideas? Seemed like a lot of share, good sharing going on during this time. Uh, you know, the last couple Sundays, we have taken time in each uh, worship to pray for the people of Ukraine. And um, it was also about a week ago that a prayer started brewing in my own heart. And uh, I, I don't know, I may be asking for the impossible, but here's this prayer that sort of just kept coming to me. Lord, I'm asking for a miracle in Ukraine that Russian soldiers will decide to stop fighting and go home. Now, this, this is not a strategy. I'm not telling the, the nations of the world how they should, you know, respond to this crisis. And, and I don't know how God would make it happen. But right now, this is one of the prayers that I am praying. Would you like to pray it with me? Let's try it. Lord, I'm asking for a miracle in Ukraine that Russian soldiers will decide to stop fighting and go home. Now, has God answered this prayer? Well, not yet. Last I saw, they were still fighting. But I keep praying. During this series, we're uh, uh, learning the P-R-A-Y outline, for, which is about having a personal prayer time with God, but we're also using it here in worship. Pause, rejoice, and reflect. Ask, yield. So this is our third Sunday on A for Ask. But it's also about why for yield. As we pray that, remember that one line in the Lord's Prayer, we just prayed, your will be done? Today's message is about unanswered prayer. And we ask, well, why do we not receive what we ask for sometimes? Why do some of our prayers go seemingly unanswered or the answer is no? Now, I believe that God hears and answers every prayer, but we don't always experience it that way, do we? Sometimes we are deeply disappointed by the outcome of our prayers. Sometimes it may feel like God is not even listening to us. And so the heart of today's message is this. I boldly ask God for what I want, and if I don't get it, I yield to him, saying, your will be done. And, and uh, for example, uh, I prayed and prayed and prayed for a woman named Chris, mom of three, three young boys. And a lot of people prayed for Chris. We asked God to heal her. And she died in 2008. It was a heartbreaking Thing. I mean, this was one of the, it turned out to be one of the biggest funerals I've ever had. And now I'm not saying that our prayers were useless, that they didn't matter, but we still were so disappointed. And, and yet still I cannot say that Chris's death is what God wanted. It's, it's kind of like I can't go that far, but I can admit that, that God allowed it to happen even though I don't know why. You know, sometimes praying for, you know, your will be done simply means, God, I trust you even when I don't understand what's going on. And we all have stories like that, don't we? 
want to say, God, why did you not spare Chris's life? Do you not care? Do you not have the power to help? Or do I not have enough faith? Well, let me put one thing to rest. I don't think it's because we don't have enough faith. I, I believe that we have just as much faith as the ordinary followers of Jesus did back in the Bible. And yet, we've been looking in, in this series at some of the passages in the New Testament that are pr we are promised to receive what we pray for, right? And yet, we also find examples of unanswered prayer. Even Jesus, even Jesus experienced unanswered prayer. We see one of them in Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. Let's open our Bibles. Will you grab that Bible in front of you, or if maybe you've got one on your phone, or you brought your own Bible? Uh, uh, 14, verse 36 in Mark's Gospel. This takes place uh, late, late on a Thursday night, way into the hours of the night, um, uh, on the Mount of Olives at a place called Gethsemane, which simply means oil press. So there must have been one close by. And Jesus knows that crucifixion awaits him the next day. He knows it's part of the master plan uh, to atone for human sin, to defeat the evil powers, and to inaugurate the next phase of God's kingdom. But he's dreading it. He tells his disciples he's in so much anguish. He's so sad that it, that it feels like he is dying already. And he goes to pray, and he just falls to the ground. And then we come to verse 36. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So let's look at this verse phrase by phrase. The first word is not translated into English, just like it was not translated into Greek for the original readers. Uh, the word Abba is, a, is an Aramaic word. Jesus prayed Abba, and that's what uh, an Aramaic-speaking Jew in the first century would call their father in their family. In, in English, you could translate Abba as father or even dad. Uh, one, trans, one version translates Abba Father as Dear Father. And, and Jesus was an unusual in that he called God Abba. And so when he taught his disciples to pray, and, and he probably used that word, our Abba, who is in heaven. So when he prays to his Abba Father, there on the Mount of Olives in that Gethsemane area, Jesus is expressing his trust in the Father's love. And then he adds this, his confidence in God's power. Everything is possible for you. I remember talking to a guy who, about, you know, we were talking about why does God allow so much injustice and suffering in the world? And he thought the answer was that, that God didn't have the power to change it. And I thought about that for a second. I said, well, if the reason for all the injustice suffering in the world is that God is powerless to change it, then God's always going to be powerless to change it. And there is no hope then for a better life in the age to come if God is that powerless. And here, Jesus declares 
that his dear Abba Father has all the power he needs, everything is possible for you. And then he makes this surprising request. Take this cup from me. Now, what is the cup he's talking about? It's the cup of suffering. It's drinking the cup of judgment for humanity's sins. And he, he, he prays, take this cup from me. I don't want it. I, I read this, and I'm still amazed that Jesus is bold enough to pray for what he personally wants, even if it seems selfish. You know, in our translation, this prayer is only 21 words long. But I think it's probably a summary and that Jesus spent hours in prayer that night. And let me clarify one thing. To say that all things are possible with God does not mean that God can or will contradict himself. I mean, and I think God would be contradicting himself if he suddenly said, okay, Jesus, I hear your prayer, and I've decided that, you know, this cross was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, it's too hard. It's going to be too painful for you. I mean, just, just forget about redeeming the world. Besides, these humans only have themselves to blame. Now, I can see Jesus wrestling in prayer through the night, trying to decide, what do I do? And finally... He yields to the Father, and he accepts that the answer to his prayer is no. And he prays the most important yielding prayer in all of Scripture, yet not what I will, but what you will. I want to pray like that. I want to pray like Jesus I want to be free to ask for whatever I want, but also accept it if I don't get an answer or if the answer is no or I can't understand why. As I said before, I boldly ask for what I want, and if I don't get it, I yield to him, saying, your will be done. Now, in one sense, I can say that it is always God's ultimate will to heal, all right? And I say that because when, when Jesus was, was on the earth uh, and people came to him seeking healing, nobody ever went away empty. I mean, read the Gospels. Every person who came to him received a healing. And, and uh, Jesus was a taste of the age to come when the world will be finally redeemed and fully restored. Jesus is a picture of what is to come. Now, I wish that was the case now. I, I, I wish that, you know, we could take all these little huddles that we had and we could assign you to certain corridors and hospitals all over the city, and you could just kind of pray from one room to the next room, and we'd have all the hospitals cleared out by supper time. But that's not the way God works. When Trisha and I were in seminary, um, we set up a couple on their first date. Uh, her, one of her best friends, Judy, with my friend, Matt. And things must have worked out pretty well because you were a bridesmaid in their wedding, weren't you? Yeah. And uh, anyway, I remember, you know, neither of us couples had been married, you know, too long. But anyway, about 40 years ago, Matt and Judy came up to Nebraska to visit us from Florida 
in November and got snowed in with us. We had a wonderful week. Great memories, right? Anyway, not long before we moved to Omaha, uh, one summer we learned that Judy had been diagnosed with ALS. And we prayed for her. We prayed for her to be healed or even to slow down the disease so that she could attend her daughter's wedding in the spring. But she continued to decline. In November, Trish uh, flew to Florida to be with Judy one last time. By then, Judy was in a wheelchair. She could still talk, although maybe not quite as clear as before. Anyway, when, when Trish came back, she told me something that Judy has said that just has really stuck with me. Judy looked back on her life and said, God has been so good. Dealing with ALS and other hardships that she dealt with in her life. And she said, God has been so good. That is a level of faith and faithfulness that I hope to have someday. About a month later, Judy died. It was not what we prayed for. At times like this, sometimes I, I remember what happened when Jesus' good friend Lazarus died. And he went to Bethany to visit uh, Lazarus' sisters. And, and at one point, he just, he just broke down in tears. You know, I, I don't know why Lazarus died or Chris died or Judy died, but I believe that God, if you look at Jesus, then we can believe that God weeps with those who weep. And I believe in a resurrection to come where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. And I still believe in prayer. I believe in the power that God releases when we pray. I believe that sometimes we have to keep praying and keep on praying and not give up. And yet, I also find that I have to release, I have to let go of the miracles I did not get. I boldly ask God for what I want, and if I don't get it, I yield to him saying, your will be done. Sometimes uh, I get a phone call asking me if I would come to the hospital that uh, someone in our church is dying. And oftentimes this is after months of, of praying for this person. And, uh, and as I'm driving there to the hospital, I realize that prayer is not to be. And I say, Lord... Show me where you are at work in this situation. The healing, the, the cure didn't come, but how are you at work now? How can I bless what you are doing? And invariably, I, as I get there and I talk with the, the family, I, I, I see something. I notice something. I see where God is at work, maybe in the dying person or in, in the family members. And, and I believe that God put me there for a purpose, to offer some comforting assurance or some guiding word. And so when we don't get the answer that we're looking for, 
Sometimes we have to look for what God is doing in this situation. Abba, Father, your will be done. Now, I don't, I don't believe that the war in Ukraine is God's will in the, in the sense that it's what God wants. Uh, that is not, that would not be the God revealed to us in Jesus. So I, I just can't give up and pray and say, well, okay, well, I prayed for the war to stop yesterday and it's still going on, so I guess it must be God's will. I don't, I don't look at it like that. You see, prayer is a process And so often we have to stick with the process. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking his will. So right now I'd like for us to spend a couple of minutes in silent prayer. Um, Maybe this will be a time for you to, to ask God for something more boldly than you have ever asked before. Can you do that? Maybe this will be a time for you to to keep on asking something that you've been asking God for years. Maybe this will be a time when you realize that you have to let go of the miracle you didn't get and look to see where God is at work now. Maybe this will be a time to simply yield yourself and pray that prayer that Jesus prayed in in Gethsemane Not what I will, but what you will. During our prayer time, if you'd, uh, you're welcome to pray while you're seated. If you'd like to come and stand or kneel here at the front step uh, with me, you're welcome to do that too. Let's pray.